Hear us herein, the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve, with books laid before the bear named M, to read and retire around the long fire. It's really only been a two weeks since we recorded this, right? I'm not like... Yeah. Man. It feels really Time long. Time is long. <laughs> um, I'm home alone tonight, because uh, it, it's like Easter weekend coming up. Uh-huh. Um. And my toddler had off day from daycare. Uh, okay. so, so Emily and my kid went to Michigan already. Um, and so I'm just leaving the dar- door ajar so the cats can come and go rather than they would just like be constantly trying to get in, uh, since they would be the only one here. We'll see how this works. Okay. I think of Easter as maybe the fakest of all holidays. <laughs> like, it's like the most important to Christians, but yeah. You don't get it off. Like it's, yeah. there's nothing, it's not like, like I'm not Christian, right? I love Christmas. Like Christmas rips. I love the trees. I love the lights. I love all the like candy and shit. Um, all the music. Uh, I could give a shit about Easter. If I don't get off work, it's not real. Go to hell. Yeah. Uh, my work like doesn't even set around actual holidays. It's just around like order volumes is when mm. we have days off. Um, and we are industrial supply, which yeah. means like. Yeah, like Christmas and Thanksgiving, like a few of the big ones that like even like factories might have off. Um but like MLK Day, no. Yeah, I don't you know. I, like I've never all, a place all of those. that gave me that off. <laughs> yeah. Uh Easter, no. You don't get like Easter Monday. Um factories aren't closing for that. I've never worked a place that gave me Easter Monday off. That's not a real holiday. Yeah. Um whereas Emily works for Pusheen, um, and the creator of Pusheen is, I don't know if she's like from Ireland or her family is just very Irish. Um, but apparently just like had a conception of holidays that was like very rooted in like, uh, Irish and UK bank holiday stuff. Oh, um, man. and so she just gets like all the holidays off. Must um, be nice. Yeah. Except Black Friday. Uh, which I actually get off because most places are closed. I do not have that off. I work that day. Yeah. Not that I, I, it's only annoying in that I'd really like a four day holiday, but like, um, I, uh, cause I'm not doing anything. Fucking, I've never go yeah. anywhere on black Friday. <laughs> um, it's really only useful if you travel for Thanksgiving, which we don't because Emily then doesn't want to take the day off. Um, yeah. I, uh, so. I don't cause, uh, all my family's dead or estranged. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the result is that she just gets a lot more days off than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm here talking about sagas. <laughs> yeah, that's why you've been left at home to be an uh, absent mother doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, generally, I feel like I'm the... Well, we we share duties quite a bit, but I, I, I generally do a lot of the caretaking. I'm only um, teasing you because that is obviously absurdly not true. <laughs> I'm just saying for the audience, because I don't know how much yes. the audience knows that about me. Oh, yeah. They should listen to your other podcasts. Um, anyway, I don't know. The, the thing about this reading is that, like, there's some interesting stuff we can talk about. Um, I don't know how much to synopsize, though. Yeah, so we started uh, Heimskringla. Heimskringla. Heimskringla? Okay, sure. Yeah. History of the Kings of Norway, the the big fuck-off book. 
Yeah, it looks like, like kind of bad to cover. Me the Nazi secrets of the bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is a, a like giant uh work created by this poet and historian from uh, Iceland named Snorri Sturluson, who is uh, you know, born around like 1178 or 79, uh, died 1241, and they believe this was probably written late in his life around 1230. Um, so, Actually, one of the, the few times right that there's like a saga and we know who wrote it, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Um... And he, uh, Sterlis in there, he, he was part of the Sterling family that the Sterlunga age is named after, i.e. the age where two families were fighting each other so much that it ripped Iceland apart and they, they went under the Norwegian crown, uh, to resolve it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like, we can maybe briefly talk about the foreword by Snorri, um, because I think there's some interesting stuff in here. Okay. Uh, I think the the biggest thing is, like, he's trying to do this idea of, uh, like, let me find the actual, like, fact or truth. Um, and is specifically positing a, a couple ideas around that. Uh, one is that um, he believes the poems that were recited in the Halls of Kings. Because nobody would, like, outright lie about stuff that people did uh, to a king's face, where everyone would know that that was a lie. Um, And then also talks a lot about, like, a number of people that he spoke with, um, including Auri the Learned, who we've heard multiple times. Um, I don't know if he actually talked to him or, like, somebody who knew him. I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, But he was, like basically the first historian of Iceland. Um, but yeah, it is kind of crediting like, here's people I talked about or talked to about it. Um, I think this is also funny because we will get to the part that's like more contemporaneous with like his history where it would be, he would remember it or, um, you know, only like a generation or two back where he could have talked to people who would remember it. Mm. Um, which is going to like shift the tone from this this first saga that we get, which is the saga of the Inglings, <laughs> um, where he's doing a lot of work to try and like create the factual telling of a bunch of myths. Yes, um, but I think that's just the main setup for the foreword. Um, in terms of the saga of the Inglings and like its general plot, uh, it's basically just a, a long lineage. It's like a family tree going all the way down to the guy who's going to be our, our first like saga about a single person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next time we're going to read the saga of Halfdan the black. Um, and this is just like, I think he shows up at the very end. Um, I think like chapter 48, I believe that uh, King Guthrother, um is the guy who is going to, be the father of Hoft on the Black. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's basically just a really long list of kings uh, where it'll be like, this guy was king in Sweden, uh, and then he died this funny way. <laughs> um, not always funny, but often funny. Um, and then here's the son who succeeded, or maybe they like lost control for a little bit, but then eventually like one of the sons regained control. 
Um, and towards the very end, um, there is somebody who like, uh, uh, so it's a different Halfdan, Halfdan White Leg, who conquers Eastern Norway. So that's like, we get to Norway there. Um, but that's the general, like, gist of what this saga is. <laughs> uh, the most important thing is we, we don't start with people. We start with fucking Odin, or Othin, as we, you know, as yeah. we talk about him here. Um, from the land of Aesir, which the footnotes are like, uh, he probably means Asia, to which I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, so this is him trying to do this uh, connection because... So in, like, Norse mythology, there are essentially these two groups of gods that get talked about here, the the Aesir and the Vanir. Um, and there is some speculation that, like, maybe this is talking about some really old, which he's kind of making this argument, some, like, really old groups of people that had an intermarrying. Because um, you do get the intermarrying between the the Aesir and the Vanir. Um, and it talks about like the differences between their cultures. Uh, the Vanir seem to be a little bit more matriarchal, um, not like entirely, but some of the, the remnants of like what we know from myths about the, the Vanir suggest that. Um, and then the, the Aesir or Aesir, they were like more, um, patriarchal, uh, in terms of a society, but there's also some like, like the Vanir has some like Earth Mother stuff going on that doesn't exist quite as much in the the like um, the Icier stuff. Um, but he's doing this like etymology that it it's so old that it's hard to tell. Like, is this just a folk etymology he's doing or not? Uh, yeah. Where he's saying like this is basically the the then the word that they would have had for Asia. Uh, so like. They, that means that they came from Asia. Um, and then like, the... What is defined as Asia here? Because the, the whole book seems... It is denoted to, like, carving up the way we think of, like, the Eurasian landmass in just such a different way than we would consider yeah. it, right? Yeah, they... He, he specifically carves it up into, like, the three continents yes. of, of Europe, uh, Asia, and... Uh, then this this is an oddity, uh, Svithyath the Great or the Cold, which seems to be talking about uh, Russia, but he's using the same word that they also use at the time for Sweden. Yeah. So he's calling it like a different Sweden than the the modern Sweden. Yeah. Um, I was like, what what does this even look like? But like when he says, does he mean like, does, is this meant to imply like historical peoples from like actual asia just mean people easter easterly more easterly than us like where's the delineation yeah i think he is like specifically trying to talk about actual asia being like where othin comes from okay um but also it's medieval understanding and he's like living in iceland he's living he's living on like a little spit water in the middle of the ocean like yeah but the, the implication seems to be then that like icelanders chart their descent from like Asian migration, which I just yeah. don't think aligns with our current understanding of how things work. Yeah. Unless I'm wrong. I'm not like super up on my, like, you know, uh, paleolithic history. Yeah. I don't actually know the, the full, like actual history of this migration. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seems to be making this claim mm-hmm. that like they it's- migrated from, um, and then I forget, I forget if there's some part where he talks about where um, the Vanir are from. 
Uh, um, that's in chapter one, but chapter two has a footnote that's like Snorri's claims that Aesir was meant to be linked with Asia have like surprising contemporary research around them in this uh, Uprundi Islindiga from Barthi Guthmanson from 1959. I don't know if you knew anything about that or not. Yeah, I have not read that um, okay. text, so. Um, I'm just curious. I'm like, I would, I would love to know what is going on with this because it's, it's, it's uh, interesting. You know? Yeah, I might try to to do a little bit more research into, like, you know, mm. also stuff from 1959 easily gets like upturned. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm just curious what it like looked like. Um, yeah, but Othin's described as like coming out of a game of Six Ages, basically <laughs> Six Ages Two recently announced. Uh, I'm, I'm claiming that the Six Ages and uh, King of Dragon Pass, the official games of Around the Long Fire, for the record. Neve has not had any consultation on this. <laughs> Just taking unilateral action. Um, yeah. But he, it's like, oh, he had like 12 priests and they all, uh, it's a land of sacrifices and magic. And he came and just like, like owned the land, right? Just like cast a dominion over it all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's also bizarre because of how much he like, um, Snorri also works on uh, this text where he's sort of looking at the Adas and uh, he did the the prose Ada, mm. um, which is similar to, to the structure of especially this one where you get like uh, a clip of like etic poetry with like explanation around it, yeah. um, which is very different than like the poetic Ada, which is just the recorded poems that exist. Um, and in that he also does this like similar mode where he's talking about like these old, uh, you know, pantheistic beliefs mm-hmm. and is compare is like saying this is actually just about like humans, but humans who are like so great that they, they took on this mythic importance. Um, but also in a way where he still believes to some extent in like the magic that they are purported to have been able to do. Um, which is just like this, this strange, uh, tension that exists because he, he's like trying to go as far as he can with like the pagan without like, uh, upending the like Christian modern perspective that he's writing from. So it's weird because like, <laughs> He describes Othan as like, oh, this, this, you know, he has like these 12 priests and he goes around and tames the land with this great battle power. But then also he's a mortal man, but also he can like lay hands on his warriors and give them blessings that will make them unstoppable in battle. Like, it's just like yeah. this weird potent mix of, uh, you know, pagan beliefs versus we want to make it secular. So it's not too fucked up and uh, hard to, for people to accept. But also he's like a weird Jesus analog later. Yeah. Uh, there, this is also a thing with like Othin broadly, um, where he in particular seemed to have like persisted a little bit more than some of the other gods because Mm. of the fact that, uh, Christianity in in a lot of areas where it was like converting people liked to try to like take parts of the existing religious structures and then like bring them into Christianity. Um, this obviously comes up with like, christmas and yule uh fusing 
yeah. um, and becoming like this Christian holiday, but that in a lot of Nordic countries is still like, they still just use the word Yule, you know, whatever the, the cognate would be. Um, and so Othin in particular got that treatment, like uh, not just from Snorri, but like seemingly more broadly by that, that culture, because there are myths around Othin of like, he hung on the gallows and got stabbed in the side with a spear and like gained uh, some sort of enlightenment through that. And so it's very easy to like tie that to this Christian figure and then be like, Oh yeah. And then here's like Christ, the, the even better version of it, because instead of doing it for like his own enrichment of learning various magic and stuff, he did it to like free you of your sins, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's also definitely happening here. <laughs> yeah. Um I do just find it particularly fascinating because of how uh how much it's just like coming from that perspective too, where he's like actively just in that that cultural milieu, I guess, of thinking about these things in this way. Mm. Um where he's not like interrogating it. He's just kind of doing it. <laughs> um but yeah, and then I don't know if you have any like specific things to call out from from Othin. No, there's just it, there's a couple chapters, and then Othin uh, dies, and he's yeah. like, "I will be, I will be the all of my everyone who falls in battle will be like of me, uh, basically." And then uh, died and was you know burned or whatever uh, as was the thing because the uh, I think it's the I think it's in the beginning like in the forward they talk about like in this. Thing we have the transition from we burn the dead to we bury the dead um yeah happening um but um then they talk about how he just kind of also walks around you know don't think too hard about it but like this is a man who seemed to have weird divinity and then he died and somehow he's still around who can say yeah <laughs> um it's like very diplomatic in some senses <laughs> yes uh it's like some people can still believe this uh yeah. people believe it um, and then, uh, his son, which is a, another son from the myths is Freyr. Um, yeah. we don't get too much of him before we then get to, uh, we like get various etymologies that he's saying. Um, and I haven't actually looked into it if it's, they are like related words, but I don't actually know if it's like Freya and Freyr are named for the like the existing words of like Lord and lady, those words existed. And then the gods were named after them. Or if it did go this, the way he's saying, we're like from their names, they got them, uh, the, the words that they called people. Um, but, uh, from Freyers where we get then the, the Inglings as a line. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we get Ingvi Frey, which becomes sort of the, the root. Um, and then uh, some some real highlights, I think, is just the point that I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, the rest of this is just... Uh, uh, it is just watching a Reigns game happen to you in classical literature. Yeah. As kings make mistakes and die in often funny, sometimes very boring ways. Those are the two options. It's either really funny, or it's like, oh, yeah, he fucking just died when he was old. And we don't have anything to say about him. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. 
Um, it is very funny that after like the two gods, like we, we just learn about two gods who are humans and, you know, walked the earth and they were actually just great chieftains. So, you know, uh, but they also did definitely have magic. It's then the first, like, here's just a, a human king we get, uh, just drowns in a vat of mead. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it's such a, uh, like sudden, Dumbass. uh, switch. Uh, he's just drunk and falls in some mead and dies. Yeah. Um, he was trying, he was looking for a place to piss and leaned yeah. over the edge and went into the uh, mead vat. <laughs> um, we also get the, the king who gets trapped in a rock by a dwarf. This is, this is um, cool. I would like more about dwarves. I am dwarven pilled currently working on uh, Mordor movie night, which is the end of our bag and book club at export audio export audio.io. Check that out. Uh, tomorrow we are recording on the return of the King 1980 Rankin bass movie, uh, to which I'm pretty sure Gimli's in, but I couldn't remember a fucking thing he's done in that entire movie. <laughs> Um, even in it. I, you know, I have no idea. I watched a couple of days ago. No memory of Gimli. Yeah. So my, uh, like general understanding of dwarves and elves uh-huh. in like old Norse stuff, um, is that they're like compared to Lord of the Rings where they are like, there's like far more distinction between them. Um, like dwarf might even just mean like dark elf, basically. Like they're like far more related. Um, and like, this is also tying into this like excellent belief that, um, like has persisted. People don't believe in it like quite as much anymore. There's this uh, whole article that explains like the, the weirdness of the, the idea of like elves or hidden people in modern Icelandic culture where Mm. like around like, um, ecological movements, like, uh, I think there's one, uh, person like researcher who was talking about it of like, there's some people believe that like, oh, Icelanders just like believe in elves. Um, and that's not quite what it is, but it's like, if you were going to like put in a swimming pool in your backyard and you're, you had a like big boulder there and you had to like move the boulder or destroy it to put in the swimming pool. And then your neighbor said, don't do that. Elves live there. You might like hot hesitate. And that hesitation is like partly just like a, a folk belief in the way that like some Christians do just believe in angels um, yeah. and that they have like guardian angels that follow them around. But some of it is also just like a cultural way of thinking about like, uh, you know, the, the nature and ecology and like trying to preserve nature and things like that, that like, those are kind of tied together in a way where it's a little bit, uh, fuzzy and a lot of people might not actually believe in elves, but would still kind of be moved by those kinds of stories to then think about preserving the nature around them. Um, but like back in the, uh, you know, seemingly in older times, there was like a firmer belief in it, um, that might be tied to, um, stuff like Tirnanog in like Irish, uh, myths as well, which is like the land of the, the young or like the land of youth, um, the like fae, Like, it's a similar idea. Um, And so one thing that, like, elves and then also dwarves can do is, like, enter into rocks and invite people in and, like, let people out. Um, And this guy just gets stuck forever. 
the the dwarf just has him come in and he never leaves um <laughs> but um I feel like there's got to be... I don't know if there's too many sagas that will have a lot of stuff about them, but I know there there's some other stuff around, like, hidden people. Um, okay. Um, oh, we get, we get a guy who's killed by a nightmare, um, which this is specifically, like, the succubus idea or the, like, Mara, like, the, the sex demon that will, like, sit on you and trap you and, um, you know, yeah. kill you in your sleep that way. Yeah. Um, and specifically, uh, sent by the guy's wife who just wants him to come home or die if he won't. (laughs) Um, we got some burnings. Um, um, I quite like the guy after that in chapter 15, uh, whose people in year one of the famine, they sacrificed animals in year two, they (laughs) sacrificed people. And in year three, they sacrificed the king. Yeah, famine. <laughs> and then the next chapter is like he ran, he uh, reigned over a prosperous land with great bounty in their farming. I was like, man, must have worked out. <laughs> yeah, his rule was a long one and good seasons and peace prevailed in his days. Uh, his son, yeah, um, and he just he just dies of malady, of a sickness. Yep. Uh, so in chapter eighteen, King Dog has a sparrow that he loves. He loves it so much. <laughs> He can talk to the birds. He's got bird magic. Fucking uh, Jason Solo over here. Um, and uh, that's well and good until someone kills his bird for no good reason. People are assholes. People kill birds all the time, I guess. And he goes and he's like, I'm going to take vengeance on this. And then while that's happening, a slave just sees the king riding and is like, oh, this is, I'm going to take my shot. Like, you know, you come for the king, you best not miss. And hurls a fucking pitchfork at the king, brains him, and he falls over dead. Incredible. <laughs> fucking incredible i howled i love this one so much <laughs> get wrecked um it's also funny because it's like he just wants to get revenge on like the yeah. entire area that the bird went and died yeah <laughs> and then the um, guy's just like well i'm gonna shoot my shot and he makes it like there you go yeah um the the hanging stuff there's like a good bit of imagery there is this the one where they they tie the uh noose to like the jewelry that he's wearing yes they give him a necklace and then like if he's you know he persists in wearing the necklace we're just gonna hang him by it we're gonna like attach ropes to it and drag him out and hang him by the necklace and they do it's yeah like... uh and it's specifically um his wife who's the daughter mm-hmm. of a king he died he killed yeah. um uh, we get some some brothers who become kings and kill each other. Oh, the brothers! It never works out. Don't split your kingdom like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like we get a slight repeat of it. Yes. <laughs> With some more brothers, uh, also doesn't work out. Um, now we just get like various kings fighting back and forth. Yeah, the, um, the one I when I come back in and something I have to, uh, King Aun who sacrifices nine sons. Yeah, uh, constantly told if he gets re- like he destroys a son he will live longer, and he just does this every time until he like each time he is like more and more old until he is not only bedridden but being fed through like a tube, and he's like my last son killed my last son like no, and then he dies. <laughs> yeah, and then his last son becomes king. Yeah, um, and but there's a slave rebellion against him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he quells the rebellion, 
and then goes out to, to hunt a bull. Um, I forget who like released the bull. Um, but the bull gets him. It was just, it was just a, so the, the ox was intended for sacrifice was old and it'd be given such oh, strong yeah. feed that it became vicious. Um, yeah. And so then it, it runs off, uh, and is just like, you know, kind of just being, we, we had like another asshole animal at some point. It's just kind yes. of being an asshole animal out in the woods. Uh, and he goes to hunt it and gets got. Yep. Um, and then his son, so, uh, he paid tribute to like this one King who, uh, I think helped him out or something. Um, and his son's like, screw that. I'm not paying tribute anymore. Um, and then I think they just fuck him up for that. Yeah. Um, we are getting increasingly into just like people killing each other. Yes. Um, Oh, a note here, uh, King Helgi here has, um, with, uh, Irsa, who he, like, runs off with. He, like, steals from some other king. Yeah. Um, they have Hrolver Kraki, uh, who's, like, a big, uh, sort of mythic Danish king. Uh, there's a whole saga about him that we could read at some point. Okay. Um, so that's my one note there. Um, I don't remember how he dies. How King Helgi dies. Um. Um. Oh, <laughs> uh, his horse fell, and oh uh, yeah, his, he just his, gets brained. Brain spilled out on the rock, and he died. Yeah, and then we get that like poem about it mixing with sand. Yes, uh, and with sand, the sovereign brain mingled is or was the mighty king's. The bold thane did breathe his last. <laughs> um. Uh, I think this is around where we get some some splitting up of like uh Denmark, Norway and Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um between various kings. Um Uh oh, we get um Ingaldi being given a a wolf's heart to eat to make him fierce because he's like the weak son. Yes. Um and then he just turns into a real bastard. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Uh his daughter is also a real bastard. Um, there's so much more about these guys. You can tell it's like getting more into the present. Yes. Um, he has like also, actual stories. The way in which they die are just not as like funny or fantastical. It's like, oh yeah, some stuff happened. Political ramifications were felt. Not tried to piss and fall into a vat of mead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think, I think that's it for like highlights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um there is a chapter 39 is titled uh King Ingyald burns King Grammar and King Hrothoth in their hall. And then chapter 40 is King Ingroth and his daughter burn themselves in their hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just got a real burning madness that overtook them. Um Also, another just like funny random death in the middle of all of the like political ramifications is chapter 46. Uh, King Eystein is knocked overboard and killed by a sail yard. (laughs) (laughs) He just falls off of a ship when like a a beam on the ship basically hits him. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do Um, it. But yeah, otherwise, I think that's it. Yeah. It gets this, it, it gets a, us the next a guy. Time. A lot of fun stuff happening here. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a breath of fresh air after like a lot of the Nyala stuff. Um, yes, 
we just got like fully into the the political ramification stuff um here we just got line of kings beef in it <laughs> yeah i love when some guys get owned by their own behavior <laughs> um and then I think this is one of the next time will be one of the few times we do two sagas because right. um, Hall on the Black, I don't think lasted long. He only has eight pages. Okay. So, so next week we're reading uh, Half Downer Saga Zvarta and Harold Saga Harfar Bagra, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Oops. Don't want to do that. The uh, second guy is. Um, so Harold Fairhair, who came up in some of the sagas, that's oh, like right. the king who pissed off a bunch of people and they went to Iceland. Yes. So we are, we are like pretty quickly getting to Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like that's it for this reading. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know what to say, but uh, this is good. Like you said, it was just breezy. Um, I, I could read stuff that's written like this uh, all day long. Have a great time. Yeah. Also, I'm looking forward to all the illustrations. You yeah, know, there's, there's really great, like, are they like, are they like woodcuts? Yeah, are it seems actually... like woodcuts. Yeah, they look like woodcuts. It's also um, free content for the um, images for every episode, so, you know. Yeah. Um, I wish that for this one, there were some woodcuts of some of the funnier deaths. Yes. You know? Um, like, we got some, like, the boys meeting the, the like, uh, what is his name? Uh, Svetlaya? Uh, yeah, don't worry. That's going to be our uh, image for this episode. I got a whole yeah. thing. And that guy's going to give those one of those boys a wolf heart to eat. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, where's the, where's the woodcut of the guy falling into the vat of mead? <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, just looking at a few of the, the woodcuts coming up. Uh, the one thing that's weird, I was like actually just flipping through some of the, the sagas uh, the other day. Um, and if you like go and isolate the, the long, the one that we're going to be spending the longest amount of time in, which is, um, let me let me pull it out. So Saint Olaf Saga, uh-huh. uh, Olaf Saga Helga, um, it's like a full third of this book. Oh wow! Um, I mean, the Norwegians love that guy. He's their patron saint, so it makes sense. But like, yeah, it's not quite a third, but it's almost a third. Um, so we'll we'll be chilling with him for a good while, but. I know we've got a couple short weeks in mixed in here, uh, okay. like short reading weeks. Um, to be honest, doesn't bother me <clears throat> one bit. I love a good short week. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I think I'm done with Saga Talk. I don't know if you have anything else. Uh, not really. I've just been working on stuff that's for other podcasts. I haven't. I had to stop playing Chrono Cross because I got too far in. I had to go work on the <clears throat> other games I have to do. Um, I'm playing another RPG instead right now, and I'll go back to Chrono Cross when the month changes over. Um, I have nothing to say, because I'm in a part where, like, I now just have a lot of questions about the story that you could tell me, but I don't want you to. Yeah. I like Chrono Cross quite a bit. Way better than Chrono Trigger. That's for damn sure. 
Um, you haven't gotten to like some explicit Chrono Trigger callbacks, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'll probably like those less, but it's yeah. fine. Who knows? Maybe you'll find some of it interesting. Yeah. Um, I do feel like it's not a game that just like wants to give you Chrono Trigger again, even when I so, you're seeing once places. I'm, done, again. I'm so excited to read people from the year 2000 who were so pissed this is not a sequel to Chrono Trigger in the way they want. Fools. <laughs> Uh, or in the words of, um, oh, what's it? Kato, the, uh-huh. um, the like one lead story guy, um, what you want from Chrono and what I want are two different things. <laughs> king, 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 king. <laughs> so, um, I feel like my big thing is I just watched all of, I think within like between recordings. I watched all of Stardust Memory. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I, th- It's like same level as the 8th MS Team for me in terms of like enjoyment. And I think I like the 8th MS Team a little bit more. I think you're out um, of your mind. I think you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> there's like interesting stuff, but I just feel like they don't do anything with it in a way that I, I want. And I like just the stuff with Nina is bad. It's just... Like oh, the end, the ending stuff with Nina is so bad. It just like it put a bad taste for in my mouth. The episode where Anna Delgado nukes all the fucking cops lined up for their stupid little parade. That's it. That's why. That's why Star's memory is better than 08 the best team. <laughs> he takes. He takes their yeah. own fucking illegal nuclear platform that they were going to use, even though they're all high and mighty about not using it. Use it as like the the signal to his people that they will not slink off quietly into the night. They should just march in and destroy their oppressors. He makes a big fucking speech and he nukes them all. Um, and I love that for him. I think it's great. I think it's like the, the one of the most heroic things that's ever happened in Gundam. Yeah, I think Gato is great. I just pretty dumb. Yeah, <laughs> like, the... <laughs> I'm not here for the romance. Romance fucking sucks. <laughs> all the guys in the uh, Al- it's the Albion, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, all the guys in the Albion are fucking dickheads and uh, chauvinists, and it's miserable. Like, there's nothing redeemable about all that. Nina Purpleton is a, is a disaster character um, that you the, uh, generously, you could say, a victim of everyone writing it being a weird sexist dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. That's like. And I, and I liked Mora, and then the, like, show just forgot about her at yeah. some point. <laughs> yeah. She, like, vaguely exists in the background occasionally. All of these um, things are true, absolutely. Yeah. But Annabelle Gatto nukes the cops, and nothing like that happens in Oit the Mess Tape. I, there's very little I like in the story of Oit the Mess Tape, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, um, a couple times uh, before she just completely gets forgotten, Mora will like vaguely shake her fist at the boys being, you know, in the eyes of the show, just being boys, you know? Yes. Um,. The, um, that's all. Like I understand yeah. why you don't like it, and uh, I don't blame you. Uh, it's not like good by the normal standards of things, but you know, week to week, where I'm at right now, I'll, I'd watch I'd watch Stardust Memory like five times instead of Gundam Sea Destiny once. So, oh yeah, I mean Sea Destiny, that's garbage. <laughs> um, but I do I especially like the first half of Oath MS Team. I, uh-huh. I enjoy it a lot. I think it does a lot. Of, like, it sets up a lot of interesting things. It doesn't always pay off. In fact, many times it doesn't. Um, yeah. But it's enough to, like, have me more invested in, like, Ina as a character than, like, any of the characters. And other than Gato, 
you I, know? I genuinely cannot follow you here, unfortunately. Um, and like Joshua Karen or Karen Joshua, what's the Karen Joshua? Um she's great. In the same way that like Mora Bosch is great, but she at least gets a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I just think like the the, the cool guys OEMS MS team sets up are like just such generic cool. I didn't watch enough nineties anime to like in the time to think these characters are anything other than like stock boring guys when you do when you don't have a real story you're like oh put some guys in everybody likes um and sometimes that's enough but so it's sometimes it's not and i hold gun to a higher standard than that uh my foolish behavior to do that honestly but i do yeah um the yeah, thing that, a... the, the main thing i don't like about like, the mess team i you have to finish it for you didn't you haven't finished it right no, I've watched it with MS Team. Okay. We did it on Ghost Divers. Okay. I yeah, like I the mean, final you episode. Listen, you just listen to me and Austin fight for two hours about Yeah, uh, I'm MS Austin team. in that fight. Well, I'm yeah. a little bit in between. I'm a little in between you and Austin. I'm not quite all the way to Austin, but I'm Austin okay. in that fight. Yeah. Um It's weird because like on some level I don't care about Gundam the way I did when we were having that argument. Uh times happened. I watched Trinae, I don't care about Gundam at all anymore. <laughs> seeds happen i don't care about gundam and all you want a different mean that in a different way yeah um, i watched gundam x and it resolved a lot of my co- personal conflict with how i view gundam versus how everyone else seems to view gundam um you'll get there we'll talk about it when you do um yeah that's it <laughs> uh it's fine you know whatever the um yeah. it, when you watch uh are you gonna revisit that way or you have you watch battle in three dimensions that's my thing i really like battle in three dimensions which is like the blu-ray special like six minutes short that was when they really re-released on blu-ray they animated a new thing and i think it's like the best part of the best team um let me see it's just a cool little fight scene apparently that guy i think that guy goes on to be one of the build guys i don't actually remember there's he does something at some point that is notable uh, but I don't. I don't quote me on who that that's the actual answer. But I do remember liking. I mean, I like Battle of Three Dimensions a lot. Yeah, it's like my favorite fight in Gundam, which is a franchise I don't really think of as a fight show, despite yeah. there being a battle in every episode. Um, I think my my favorite fight in Gundam is in a series you haven't seen. Okay. But, um, and mostly for like thematic content, not. Not necessarily the like animation. I mean, there's still good animation to you, but yeah, um, I'm excited to find out what happens in Witch for Mercury when I get there. That's not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just being mean to you. You know this. Uh, yeah, but I I think the other thing is I have, despite the fact that like so far this might eventually did Bakuno end up below but like 08th ms team is always going to be low in like connor and i's rankings unless we just like watch some some bad anime at some point and so far we we try to pick good ones for yeah, for ghost you know, it's just better to pl- watch good anime that's just the secret of life yeah i think there's gonna be at some point where like neither of us will have seen it and we're just gonna be taking a shot in the dark being like i want to watch this we're just gonna do it on the show um but so far everything like one of us has watched it so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think like, despite the fact that we'll always rank it kind of low, I also have a, a little bit of an affection for OH MS team because it's like where Connor and I figured out the show. Um, like we did the, we did two discussion episodes on it and it was like, we like understand fully what the, the podcast we're doing is now. Um, okay. even though we came I, away being like, eh, this wasn't that great of a show. Uh, we still like enjoyed it. And what are you doing, Lem? 
Um, and like, felt like we like figured out what we were doing fully there. So I don't think I could tell you where I think GGP found itself in that way. Yeah. Partially just because by the time GGP starts, we'd already been doing Emerald Mapping for four years, right? Yeah. Um, I, um, I couldn't tell you where Emerald Mapping found itself. I have some like ideas where I think it kind of, I think we did right out of the game. I had a very clear idea what the show was going to look like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's so weird. I don't think about our early years that much anymore in that way. Well, my my early year is not that far ago. Yeah, <laughs> so, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's. I think that's the main reason. But um, it and it was just specifically us discussing the very last episode where I think I was I was like more negative on that episode, but there's still stuff that I really enjoyed. And then Connor, I think, is like fully positive on that episode. Um, and it was like in that, that we like, we came to this like fused, uh, we both like have an agreed reading on it, which does not happen when we then do like end of Evangelion and the end of the, of the show. Um, that we have like a similar, like we are coming at it with different perspectives and there is no, uh, you know, the, the dialectics does not result in like a new thesis. (laughs) Um, so a, a, a new angel's thesis yeah <laughs> uh we will just always disagree and that's that's why i need to do the rebuild movies with connor at some point because he hasn't seen them and i just i know that we're probably going to disagree about them and i just need to know like what it is that we're disagreeing yeah. on um but it's uh, very funny because me and jackson were famously just like people who often very violently disagree about Ava and then we'd both just turn around and shoot the rebuilds in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Connor won't like the rebuilds, but I don't know. Yeah. Um I have a feeling more of it will work for him just because of like the place that Ava has in his heart. Mm. Um but I don't know. The real thing is I don't know at the very end of the last movie. I don't know at all what Connor will feel about that. Uh, um, that's fair. Um, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to put a spoiler tag for Ava. Full yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm leaving it there. <laughs> famously do not like it. I think it's fucking bad. I also don't like it at all. So it makes the whole rebuilds like a wash. And I liked, I liked movies. I liked two and three in the first half of four quite a bit. Watch it all just piss down the drains. Like, God damn it. Why? Yeah. I liked two a good bit. Uh, three, I was a little bit bored by at moments, but I enjoyed it. I really um, like three. Three is mine. I it, it fixed a lot of my complaints with Ava TV. Um, yeah, and, we've been uh, through this. I read the manga and it already fixed. Oh yeah, in the same ways around the same character, in a different yeah. way. Actually, I think in a different way, but mm-hmm. same character. So yeah, um, then we don't need to go over it again. Do you have anything else? Yeah. Or should we just go get dinner? Cause it's like, yeah, I still time. have to make dinner and I'm making a doll that has to like simmer for 45 minutes. So, Oh, we got to leave then. Yeah. So, uh, where can people find you? You can find me at Fox Omnia, uh, basically anywhere. Twitter's the, the main place that I like post updates about shows. Um, but if you like anime, I guess, uh, Annie list is Fox Omnia. Um, that, that's it. Go listen to my other shows. Ghost Divers, uh, Pondering Puton. We had a very bizarre episode just recently. Um, 
and we just got stuck in the the improv bit the entire length of it. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. I did. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Ornate Stairwell's uh, movie podcast. Where you also got stuck in the improv bit this week. Mm, less so. You were improvisationally sick, so you did a short episode. This yeah. There wasn't even a non-homophobia zone. I was like, what the fuck? I told... I I told, and Autumn was a coward. I said that you should like do something right at the beginning that's like very short, and then do Bella Lugosi's dad and have it all be non homophobic. Oh, that would have been so funny. That'd be way better. Yeah, Autumn, if you listen to this, but Autumn was like, "Oh, I don't want to start with a ten-minute song," and I was like, "Fools!" (laughs) It's not gonna be anyone's first episode of Tony Sterols. Yeah. If I was editing and I would have tried to like take something from the very end where we just did plugs and just did it at the front and then that's probably how I would have edited it. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Kyon Kun Denwa. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm still slowly working through Harvey. We're like about to record in like three days about the next beach house. You're not even done. <laughs> But I didn't want to rush Endless 8. I didn't want to just, like, uh, shotgun it. I wanted to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. So, I unfortunately had to speed it up to get the recording done. That's the yeah. penance you do for having an anime podcast. I didn't know you were going to do it so fast, so at first I was doing it one a week. Uh, and then you we, were... We, we pull one out every month. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that you were going to immediately do the second part of Harui. <laughs> we took a month off. We did something else in between. I thought you were going to take like more no, because no. of the, the way that <laughs> that that podcast has worked historically. It'll usually be a while until you get around to well, the yeah, person well, we having guess, you do this thing. I know six more months until their thing comes around again. Um, I know. I knew that that changed, but I just, for some reason thought that there was going to be a, at least like a couple in between. No, no, not anymore. We live free. <laughs> Where anyway, can people find you? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. You can listen to Abnormal Mapping. We recently had an episode on Mutazione. I think that episode's really good. We're about to record in a week on uh, Potion Craft, which will be a very interesting uh, discussion because uh, that's very out of our wheelhouse in every single way because uh, it barely has a mechanics or a story. Uh, <laughs> and um, e- let's see. Uh, if you'd like to support my podcast, you can do that. Patreon and console normal mapping. We recently released a Blockbusters on Phone Booth, the Joel Schumacher stinker from the aughts, which I had a good time with, despite it being a bad film. And uh, if you want to give us $10, VoIP Life comes out tomorrow and is two hours on video game controllers and Jackson revealing the unhinged depths of my controller collection at this point. Um, <laughs> a little preview of coming attractions. Um, this podcast releases every Wednesday night, but Thursday, typically, uh, except for the weeks we don't do it, which is the weeks I'm editing and mapping, so couple weeks from now i think we have a week off are we taking two this month wasn't there like floated an idea that we were taking two off um my my, yeah oh no that's nope that was no never mind must be just fucking wrong oh december (laughs) that was four months ago so yeah i'll need to look it might be that uh we have to take may 4th off okay because i remember you mentioning something about this yeah i'll go and look i haven't updated it. it I think I will be uh, in Montreal. Okay. Totally so, fine. Yeah. You might not have an episode May 4th. Uh, 
May the fourth be with you, but not on this podcast. Oh, I hate I hate May the fourth. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <That's a thing. laughs> me too. Uh Anyway, that's it. I'm going to go uh, have some dinner, and you're going to have to make dinner. So Yeah, I did all the here. prep. I just have to cook it. Okay. We're uh, out of the podcast. Then we are out of the podcast.
Thank you.